0: Transitions are exhausting. So many things change, you end up feeling lost. You can find yourself questioning your relevance and even your worth. Whether you're gaining a new surname or going to a new situation, there are two things I want you to know. First, your roles in life will change, but your purpose is eternal. Second, God has a plan for your life, and the enemy has a plot against that plan. I'm Sherry Fletcher, and this is your Spiritual Game Plan, the podcast for those in a season of transition, and I'm so glad you're here. Stick around, and let's work on a spiritual game plan together. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Kristen Weatherall. Kristen is a wife, mother, and writer. She's the author of Humble Moms, How the Work of Christ Sustains the Work of Motherhood, Fight Your Fears, and co-author of the award-winning book, Hope When It Hurts. She's the editor of 12 Faithful Women and the creator of a board book series for young children that playfully teaches them doctrine. She regularly writes and speaks for the Gospel Coalition and Revive Our Hearts, along with writing for Well-Watered Women risen motherhood and unlocking the bible she and her family live in chicagoland where they are members of the orchard kristen's approach to being a humble mom comes from the humble heart that was displayed from christ mothers of all ages and i believe in all stages even grandmothering are going to be in for a treat today because kristen's going to show us the servant heart of christ so sit down and take a nice deep breath this is not A how to be a better mom list. Kristen, I am so blessed that you are joining me once again on this podcast. How are you this morning? Oh, I am doing well and I'm blessed to be here with you. It's (laughs) always a joy. For the listener uh, who might not know, this is round two uh, (laughs) with my very special guest and now friend. Oh, Kristen Weatherall, who is graciously joining me after the podcast that I didn't hit record halfway through last time. We started over again. And then the second time didn't end up keeping. So she's graciously joining me for round two of this wonderful podcast that we are determined to get out to you mm-hmm. today. So I was introduced through our mutual friend, Shannon Popkin, and I was listening to a podcast that she was on and her words were so wonderful. I knew she had to come on and bless me. And not only me, but you, but she has now blessed me with her graciousness and now Teaching me about being humble. So let's get started on round two. And so we're talking today about your book that's coming out, Humble Moms How the Work of Christ Sustains the Work of Motherhood. So um, before we jump in, let me know what's going on with some exciting news. We're going to talk about your sister.
1: Anything new going on there? Nothing. I know the last time we talked, which was one week ago, we were yes. expecting this baby to be born. She was due on Tuesday, and clearly, baby loves her mama because oh. she doesn't want to come out. So, okay. we're just praying, praying for, you know, endurance because it's so yes. hard. After you pass the due date, it's just so hard to keep going. So, I know, but we're excited. We can't wait this, to meet the baby. Is this the first baby? First baby for her. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Those are stubborn. Those first ones. I know. Those first ones are stubborn. My I mean, second
1: born was more stubborn than my first, actually. Hmm. It was five days late. So I just told Katie, I'm like, just praying for you every day, all day, you know?
0: Absolutely. Lord will
1: sustain you. Yes.
0: Absolutely. So what was it going on in your life that birthed this book, Humble Moms?
1: Hmm. I like your choice of words there. The <laughs> book does feel like a long labor <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and a birth. Yeah. Um, well, I have two little ones. Um. I have a four and a half year old girl and an almost two-year-old boy, and um, I think the idea came from my own desperate need for the Lord to sustain me. Being a mom of young kids, and really of kids of any age, I imagine is demanding. It is humbling. It brings you to the end of your resources. It causes you to ask, like Paul asks in scripture, who is sufficient for these things? I'm just not, I don't have what I need on my own strength and my own wisdom. So I think with the birth of my firstborn, I just hit this new realization and level of desperate need for the Lord. And so really, that's where this came from is I need Jesus. And um, this book is I pray, you know, a a meditation on his heart. Um, And we'll hope I hope that it gives moms a, a place of rest as they spend time with him and look at him.
0: Yeah. In the intro that I pre recorded, I actually said, you know, this is not just for young moms. This is for moms of all ages and even grandmothers, because in this day and age, we have grandmothers that are raising kids. And if they're not raising their grandkids, they're very active in their grandkids' lives. And this is just the attitude of the work of Christ, the work of Of Christ sustaining our work. It's just beautiful. And I love that. So it's not for just young moms. It's blessing me. So, Mm. and I'm an older mom. So (laughs) So looking back in your life, how far back can you see the very purpose that you are living out today and who you have always been?
1: Oh, well, so let's see. When I think back to my toddler years, you know, ages three and four, young school age. There I was in my basement dressed as Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz (laughs) with Toto in my basket under my tree singing. um, What's the song that she sang? Somewhere Over the Rainbow. There we go. And that was kind of the course that the Lord had me on for many years was this performing arts uh, course. And I think just a a comfort with being in front of people and a desire, I think, at the core to communicate. And it was only later in my life, after I graduated with my BFA in music theater from college, that I recognized the more heavy burden for the Bible and for communicating truths, eternal truths from God's word to people. And that has been the great joy of my life, whether it's in, you know, the role of motherhood and I'm walking alongside my children doing that, or I don't know, ministering to my husband, who's a pastor and serving our church or writing. And so I see that God has in hindsight, you know, put this desire on my heart to communicate. Mm -hmm. And I just feel so blessed and privileged that I get to do it in these particular ways.
0: I love that. And that role, being comfortable, being comfortable communicating, um, getting used to it, getting used to being up on a stage, being used to performing, even though you are not performing The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) I thought that
1: I was, right?
0: Yes, of course. So I'm going to reveal my age. I wish I had had this book about 28 years ago. Um, I had those days when I just felt like a complete failure for silently even resenting. The role that I had actually longed for all my life. You know, I had seen others, by my perspective, living out motherhood so perfectly. And now, you know, I'm humbly admitting that there were days when I did not have a humble heart. I did not have a posture of humility as I performed these very mundane tasks that day after day just didn't seem very appreciated, just didn't seem very glamorous. You know, you're wearing the same old things over and over and getting spit up on, and you know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're wearing the ponytail and the no makeup over and over and over. And I'd look for resources or even Bible studies on mothering, but most of them at that time were just plans that added one more thing to it. My heavy platter, and I'm not going to say plates. Everyone say, Don't add things to your plate. No, I think mothers carry platters. And there, there were these how-tos, and a lot of times they were just reminded of how. I was doing things wrong. And here in this book, you're giving what moms need. And I quote, exactly what she needs in moments of exhaustion, life giving and biblical meditations on Jesus, who humbly serves her, not only in hand, but in heart. And I read that and I was like, oh my word, a Jesus who is serving me. And I was just like, oh. Oh my, I just was like, wow, I wish I had pictured that because I kept thinking I had to do something. You know, I had to add this devotion to my list. I had to do one more thing to serve Jesus. And here I had this reminder all of a sudden of Isaiah 40, 11, of this Jesus that's protecting his flock and he's gently leading those that are nursing. And it was a plan. It wasn't a plan. Another how to. So, I'd love to just start this discussion for maybe another mom that's you know struggling with how I was struggling, and I didn't know you know give us some clarity with the struggle that you struggled with too.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that is my struggle. So, for the moms who are listening, <laughs> please hear me say me too. And um, I am rocking the ponytail and the sweatpants right now, just <laughs> so you know. The work that we're doing is hard work. And I think it's hard sometimes for moms to keep in mind what a gift our kids are and what a privilege this is. It truly is, because the work can feel so mundane and because it's repetitive. And because of the fall into sin, all of our work, be it motherhood or the banker in his office, it's mm-hmm. all kind of strewn with futility and the sense of toil. And so that's very much where this came from. is this, you know, talking to so many young moms and us all expressing this deep desire to enjoy our kids more and to enjoy the work of motherhood, but really struggling to do that. And just wanting to understand how we can grow in having that eternal perspective that we're actually serving the Lord Christ and not just putting peanut butter on a slice of bread right now, you know, (laughs) that all of this work is glorifying to God.
0: Oh, it is glorifying to God. And even, you know, what? Mom's putting peanut butter on a slice of bread is feeding his sheep. So it is glorifying God and it is wonderful. So I am blessed to be able to work with and mentor young women. And a common phrase that I hear a lot of times is I need to find myself or is this really it? Um, I always thought that this would be different. There's this illusion and i believe that the enemy gives this illusion that he likes to paint that there's just always something better out there to keep us from being content with what god has created us to do right here to be in this moment and to look at what we're doing as putting peanut butter on bread and being realizing that this is exactly what we're doing right now to praise god and to glorify god and there's always something better out there and when i was a young mom i remember feeling like oh i just i've got to get away And then we would think like this weekend of getting away was magically going to make things better. Um, What is this thirst that we as moms have? And why do we hesitate to come to Jesus with it?
1: Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because (laughs) I am so hesitant to come to him with it. And it's not because I'm thinking in that moment, I'm hesitant to come to Jesus with my thirst. It's just more of a natural even subconscious, sometimes inclination to not come to him. And I think, I think it's because that we don't actually believe down in our hearts that he is good Mm -hmm. and will truly supply life to us. Jesus says in John 10, 10, I have come that they may have life and not just any kind of life or any degree of life, but have it abundantly. Jesus is life in himself He says, the son of God has life in himself. So if I really believed that, took to heart his word, how could I not come to him? And Mm -hmm. he says, it's a promise. He says, all who come to me, I will never cast out. I am never going to turn you away. Even in your messiest situation, your most sinful, dark sin, I will never turn away the one who comes to me with a humble heart, knowing their need. And so I just think I don't go to him because I don't actually believe that he has life to give to me. And I end up looking for that life um, or in your imagery, kind of looking to satisfy that thirst, quench that thirst in other places, you know, you name it, whether a perfect nap time where I can take a nap myself, or like you mentioned, time away, I just need some time away. But these things aren't going to satisfy me at the soul level. They're not bad things. They're good things. They're good gifts from God. I'm not saying that we shouldn't seek them out but they're not going to satisfy us on the deepest level. Only Jesus can.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, we have this culture that it rewards this hustle. It rewards, you know, kind of it rewards uh, the one upping. I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful that I didn't raise kids in social media era because, you know, it was bad enough to take kids to swimming lessons and listen to the kinds of birthday parties. that. What kind of birthday parties do you have? Like barely theme parties were coming out, just starting to come out when my kids were little and they were kind of a phenomenon. Like you have a birthday theme where you can buy the whole package. And I was like, what, you know, we just had colors. When I was growing up, we just had (laughs) the color theme, but then I was like, what there's Barney themes and there's, and you have to buy the whole thing. So, I'm glad that that was just barely coming out, but now it's like, oh my word, you're renting bouncy houses and you're renting you know catering events, and oh wow, <laughs> this rewarding of this hustle and how many events you can have your kids in it's so exhausting. Why is it Im- important for moms to hear this message that we have permission to just just
1: rest and just calm down mm-hmm. yeah, because God's definition of greatness isn't necessarily the world's definition of greatness, right? Jesus actually says that to become great, we have to be a servant. We have to become Mm. less. And I agree with you. I once met with our pastors, one of our pastor's wives, and she said, Oh, she said, I don't envy your generation of parenting because when I was raising my boys 30 years ago, we didn't have Instagram. We didn't have loads and loads of voices telling us how to raise our kids. And while some of that can be helpful and good, she was like, it just seemed simpler. Mm-hmm. You know, our goals yeah. were to, to make the word of God the foundation of our home and to point our boys to Christ. Yeah. And I just took a deep breath and I said, that sounds so simple. <laughs> yeah. you know. But I think that really is it is we just get so wrapped up in this world, this worldly ideology that says greatness equals more.
0: Yeah, You know, mm-hmm. greatness
1: equals greater in terms of um, success numbers. Yes. It's the world's success. economy, mm-hmm. but God's economy is to become less. And that's what we see Jesus doing when he takes on flesh, the God, you know, the only God of the universe takes on flesh. So he's fully God and fully man. And he comes down to yeah. us to mm-hmm. serve us. That's what it means to be great in the eyes of Jesus. And I think that will help him mom rest rather than hustle.
0: Yeah. I um I told you, you know, as soon as we're done with this podcast, I'm going to lead a Bible study. I'm leading a group of young moms. And a lot of times I will, with their permission, put my phone down in the middle and just hit record. And uh, a lot of times I'll come back and just write down things I hear. And I hear things like, I'm just not doing anything grand. Mm-hmm. And it made me think of that, you know, I'm not doing anything grand. And I'm like, But in the background, I'll hear little kids talking and it's Mm -hmm. like, I hear little kids talking, happy little voices and these happy voices. And then I hear a mom saying, I'm not doing anything grand. And I just want to go, yes, you are (laughs) happy little voices that are with their mommies. You're putting peanut butter on bread. (laughs) You're doing these little kids think you're grand. These little kids Mm -hmm. think you're wonderful. And mm-hmm. that the enemy's telling her she's not doing anything grand.
1: Mm-hmm. It just- Well, and Jesus' mission was to rescue our souls from mm-hmm. condemnation for sin. This, the sin that we have chosen and, and the condemnation that we deserve, what a grand thing, but he was yeah. crucified for it. Mm-hmm. It was not beautiful. Yeah. You know, until God made it beautiful. And so we have that same beautiful work to do. We are cultivating souls with, mm-hmm. Jesus's, with Jesus's power behind us.
0: And that's grand. One thing I worked really hard on is to make sure that my kids understood that um, some of the choices that they made were bad, but they were not bad. So I never said to my kid, you're a bad kid. I would say, well, that was not a good choice or that choice was bad. And one day in my ninth year, I mean, my ninth month of pregnancy, my two older kids, your sister can agree. Um, My two older kids were arguing over this T-ball stand. And I had just reached my limit. And um, my third child, he was over, I mean, this might not be big for some people, but he was already over nine pounds. And so at this time, you know, I'm not feeling good. And my two older kids were arguing and I was like, I am so done with this. So I went and I picked up the t-ball stand and I threw it outside and I sent them to the room so that I could just calm down. And so when I calmed down, I went into the rooms and my youngest son, who at that time was four, I went in. I was like, okay, mommy's calmed down. And I'm sorry that I threw your T ball outside, but I just was very, you know, you guys were arguing. And he's like, well, mommy. You're a good mommy. You just made a bad choice. So. (laughs) So in your book, you explore several ways that moms are privileged to imitate and reflect Jesus to our kids. I mean, we care for them, we shepherd them, and we stoop to serve them. But, you know, we don't have to be their savior. And Jesus humbles himself to take our place under God's wrath because there's days when we just, we lose it. And so what does it mean for a mom like me when we have those days when we just, we
1: mess up? (laughs) Yeah. Haven't we all thrown the t-ball stand out of the room? (laughs) We all have. This happens to me. I shouldn't say all the time, but definitely occasionally, you know, the blow up happens because We're still in the process of being made holy (laughs) by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are not yet perfect. And so our kids are not the only ones who need the grace of Jesus. We do. And so I would say two things to that, because that is just the most awful feeling when you have sinned against your kids. And um, where do you go with that? So I would say two things. One is meditating and being thankful for the righteous covering of Jesus. So he obeyed his father perfectly. He never sinned. He never threw the the adult temper (laughs) tantrums that we do. And because of that, that's why we're accepted by God the Father. It's because Mm -hmm. of Christ's perfect record. And we get to put on that record. um, We get to put on that clothing, that righteous covering. And so what an opportunity to praise Jesus for his work on the cross and through the resurrection and to say, okay, this sin does not define me today i am forgiven and i am freed from the guilt of this sin and no bad day of motherhood is going to change my righteous standing in god's sight Mm. it is an invincible unchangeable standing um the second thing i would say is that it gives us an opportunity to put the gospel on display for our kids because when we repent and turn to them like you did and say wow Mommy sinned against you. I got angry and I burst out in my anger and I was wrong. And will you forgive me? And it gives you such an open door to talk about Christ to your kids. And I I sometimes wonder if that's more powerful than a day that goes perfectly well for Mm -hmm. us or seems to go perfectly well. Um, That will speak volumes to your kids about the savior that we all need and his sufficient sacrifice for them. That's a beautiful opportunity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it also, you know, gives them the idea that you're not a perfect parent. When they become parents, they don't have to strive to try and be
1: a perfect parent. Right. And there's no such thing as a perfect Christian. Oh, no. In fact, oh. if you think yourself perfect, you're disqualified from, yeah. <laughs> right? Jesus came not to heal the righteous, but sinners. So that's who we came for. Exactly. Thank you. Cause that's me. Um,
0: so instead of pointing women towards the teachings of Jesus that they should be implementing in motherhood, you point them to the heart. Of Jesus. Um, and not that he expect not things that he expects them to do, but to do all things that he has done for them. I love that. Why did you feel the importance to approach him that way
1: in this book? Yeah, because God's commands and the teachings of Christ never change a human heart on the deepest level. Mm. In fact, Paul says in Romans that the law was given to point us to our need for Christ. And I'll just read something here from John 14. Jesus says to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So Jesus isn't saying, My commands don't matter. He's saying, No, if you love me, you will keep my commands. But notice it has to be out of a heart of love and commands themselves. Never gave us a heart of love. Jesus does. Mm. He sends his spirit to dwell in us, to be with us, to give us a new heart. Scripture says that actually makes us want to obey him. So at the start, we need Jesus to actually change our hearts, our very core, our very love loves, our very desires. And once he does that supernatural, regenerating work in us, then we will love to obey his commands and he will give us the power to do it. That's his promise.
0: That is a wonderful. So how could a new or expectant mom who just feels so overwhelmed and unprepared? Cause I think all moms feel unprepared. I still feel unprepared for, you know, use this book to develop a game plan as she steps into motherhood.
1: Well, I wrote this book with that mom in mind because it's the book that I wish that I had when I brought my newborns home. Um, and I just wished that I had something to promote. Fixing my gaze on Christ. And obviously, we want to start with God's word. We want to open the scriptures. But I wanted this to be a place of more concentrated focus for moms to help them apply the word to their lives. And so I'm hopeful that rather than, like you mentioned in the beginning, rather than giving them some tips and ideas, which can be helpful and have their place, I just want to give them a glimpse of Christ. And my prayer is that it will kind of train the eyes of their heart to start looking at him throughout their days when they're weary, when it feels mundane, um, and that, you know, by God's power, they'll treasure Jesus up in their hearts even more.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. You know. I have to say, I think this is the best take of our podcast together.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, the Lord (laughs) Lord
0: knows. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for joining me and talking about your new book, Humble Moms. You just have such a beautiful message and you have meditations at the end of each of your chapter and you Mm -hmm. share just beautiful meditations. And I picked one that I just really loved and I would love it if you would send us off by reading one of the meditations that I chose.
1: I would love to. Well, mom, Jesus's heart is set on loving you to the very end. And as his great love moves you to humble dependence and worship, it will overflow in service to your children. Thank you so much.
0: Listener links to connect with Kristen and purchase her new book will be in the show notes. And we just hope that you'll take that meditation with you today and allow God to serve you. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Sherry.
0: I hope you can take in that meditation today and just let the work of Christ sustain you. Links to find Kristen's book, Humble Moms, and other ways to connect with her and her ministry are in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I don't want you to miss out on anything. So when you sign up for my email, you will get details on how to start your own spiritual game plan, the latest news on the Bible study I'm working on and also a glimpse behind the scenes of things that don't make it onto this podcast. So head on over to sherryfletcher.com and click join Sherry at the top of the screen. And I look forward to connecting with you there.